Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to Elite Physique University. I'm John Gorman, your host. We got Jason Theobald in the house. Jason, what's going on, man? How are you? Doing good, man. Just just another day in paradise, John. Well, you know what? It's warm. It's not cold. And That's right. How how much pool time have you spent here in the last? Uh, couple man, I've weeks? been working. I've been working hard, man. I I you know I got this. I got a call at six for the hormone clinic. I don't get out there as much as I should, but on weekends when we're in town, I do use it, and it's badass. I love it. Um, yeah, we did have some friends over on Saturday and we got in the hot tub and there's cool lights and like, you know, I got the the music and the rocks. It's, it's nice, man. I do enjoy it. So, well, ca- catch us up. It's, it's been a little bit, we've all been running busy and crazy. Yeah. Um, we just got done dropping an episode with Jeremy Lineke over blood flow restriction training. That was a great episode. This is going to be a fun one today, but before we get to all that, anything new and exciting happening with you from the business standpoint? Yeah, you know, uh, off of the Boom America, you know, show that we did, uh, we've got our strategic partners all in alignment now on new ethics. Uh, so I think that's poised to really, really take off there even more than it has. Uh, as far as the hormone clinic, um, we did Boom America as well. So we have new strategic partners there that will help uh, bring in leads really nicely. But uh, that led to me and Troy doing something called the Real Man Show. So in August, I have to head out um, and we're going to like film us zip lining and whitewater rafting. And it's Kyle Reyes. He's a big name on like uh, he's a, kind of a big conservative guy. He's on like CNN a lot and things. So it's kind of his show and he's bringing us on and we're like title sponsors, you know. So um, I don't know what streamer it's going to be on, but it'll stream on something. So that'll help with the clinic and stuff like that. So kind of got my hands on a lot of stuff right now. I'm busy. It's been a crazy 2023, but um it's been a really good one. And, you know, I feel blessed to have everything I have. So, yeah, yeah, this is going to be a fun episode because this is all, all business. I'll just a couple of things that happened with us real quick. I just got in speaking at the grit summit uh, conference and there was 300 people there, hundred percent business uh, didn't have anything to do with physique enhancement or anything of that nature, but made a couple really good connections there in the business world. And um, it was kind of that next level for me to kind of step up and talk outside. I talked about customer service and scaling a company using over the top customer service. So that was good. And as far as us, we just, you know, new stuff dropping left and right. The new natural chocolate peanut butter protein, we can hardly keep it on the shelf. So that coaching's full. Like it's kind of, it's kind of what we do. And, you know, it's, it's cool that we're going to talk about business because our guest today is Lane Norton. And if you don't know who Lane is, um, something's wrong because you're listening to elite physique university lane's been around longer than myself and jason and jason and i are the old guys on the show so um we're going to talk to lane here we're going to talk about all things business so lane why don't you go ahead and let the few people that don't know who you are let them know just a little bit about yourself you've got a ton of stuff that you've got your hands in your og your old school just kind of give our listeners a little background on you real quick and then tell us if you've got anything new and cool that's happened the last couple of weeks yeah, so um, I mean, where do I start? Uh, <laughs> I uh, I got into this thing like a few years before you guys did, uh, probably uh, four or five years before I remember seeing you guys on the message boards. But um, you know, basically, got into lifting weights when I was young. Got picked on a lot in school, and so picked up weightlifting as a you know way to you know build some confidence, build some muscle. And, um, you know, it didn't really solve my problem of getting picked on, but I did develop a passion for lifting weights and I played baseball all through school. And then when that was, when 
I, I knew I wasn't really going to go play in college or another level. I mean, average height, right-handed, medium hitting first baseman aren't really in high demand. So yeah, <laughs> I, uh, you know, I kind of knew I wasn't going to go to the next level. And, um, but I'd always been somebody who liked to compete, liked to do something uh, to push myself. And so being into weightlifting and being passionate about weightlifting, uh, bodybuilding seemed like the next logical step for me. And so I did um, my first bodybuilding show in 2001 when I was 19 years old. And now I'm dating myself. I'm 41 now. Hard to believe that was over half a lifetime ago. Um, <laughs> I'm saying, and, I hear you. Yeah. And, um, you know, won my first show as a teenager and uh, just got completely hooked on it. And, um, you know, that was after my freshman year of college. And I'd always known I wanted to do something in the sciences. Originally, I wanted to, act, I was actually like really into sharks growing up. I wanted to be like a shark biologist or marine biologist and um, got to school and fortunately had a really good general chemistry professor who convinced me that I should do biochemistry. He was like, listen, if you want to do marine biology, I think that's, that's great. You know, be passionate about it. There's not that many jobs for it. They don't pay really well. Here's what I would recommend do an undergraduate in biochemistry. If you still want to do marine science in, in graduate school, you can, and you'll be, you have great prereqs for that. Um, but if you decide you want to do something else, you can go to grad school for something else. You can go into the workforce, you know. And so I decided to change my uh, degree to biochemistry my freshman year. Um, and at the same time, was obviously like competing in the bodybuilding, getting really into bodybuilding. And those two passions kind of grew in alignment, you know, learning about the human body and, and lifting and uh, did a few more bodybuilding shows uh, during my undergraduate years. And then when I got to like my junior year of college, I kind of felt like, okay, I got a year until I'm going to be a professional. And I had no idea what I wanted to do with my life. I knew I wanted to be in the fitness industry, but I didn't really know how, because at that time, I mean, your options for making money in the fitness industry were pretty much limited to be a personal trainer, open a gym, start a supplement company, try to be Mr. Olympia. Like those, those were kind of your options, yep. you know, and I like, you know, I was, you know, I didn't, I never felt called to be Mr. Olympia. I never felt like called to go down that route. Um, you know, as you guys know, I'm not anti enhanced i'm just pro natural so i really encourage people to to do it natural if they're interested in that um but if somebody decides to you know go down the enhanced route i don't really have a problem with that as long as you're going to compete against other enhanced people um so i didn't feel called to do that opening a supplement company in a gym didn't seem feasible because i didn't really come from money i didn't have any capital to put in and i didn't want to take out a bit you know big loans or anything like that and then i didn't i just knew like working on the floor as a personal trainer didn't really sound appetizing to me. Like I, I like actually trained some people at my college and I liked it, but I knew I wouldn't want to do that all day. Oh, and um, so I was like, well, you know, I don't really feel like I know that much. You know, I was kind of in that trough of, um, you know, the Dunning Kruger curve. Like the more I learned, the more like I felt like I didn't know anything. Yeah. And so I was like, well, while I look at grad school, I can delay the real world by, you know, a few years. And hopefully by then I'll have figured out what I want to do. And, you know, having a master's or PhD probably won't put me in the unemployment line. So I started 
you know, this again, like people forget the internet was really in its infancy back then. And as I had started competing, as this whole thing is going along with me competing, you know, doing my degree, I also started posting on the bodybuilding.com message boards and another message board called mindandmuscle.net. Um, and I kind of got a name for myself on the message boards and people were like, hey, you should write for the main site at bodybuilding.com. And I was like, oh, yeah, I can want me. It turns out being a writer back then really did not have a high bar to entry, to be quite quite honest. Right. Um, but I, I wrote the, the people at the main site. They were like, yeah, we'd love to have you submit some articles. I started doing that. My articles got very popular. Um, so all these things are happening in concert. And when I went to look for grad schools, you know, again, the Internet being very young, didn't really know how to search for what I wanted to do. Like, you know, I got some good advice, which was pick your advisor. Don't pick the grad school. Ideally, you'll get a good, you know, both. But you don't want to go to a good school, but be with an advisor who's study, studying something you don't really care about because then you're going to be stuck studying that. So uh, I just remembered, like, I just found out about this thing called PubMed, which is this big repository for like pretty much every scientific research study done since 1950. And I just typed in the stuff that I was interested in. Protein synthesis, leucine, you know. And the second paper that popped up was by a guy named Don Lehman. And uh, I emailed him along with a handful of other professors who seemed to be doing this research. And uh, he was taking grad students. And so I went and visited him at University of Illinois. Turns out just through dumb luck, University of Illinois was one of the top graduate schools in the United States for nutritional science. I think at the time they were ranked second. And Dr. Lehman was doing exactly what I wanted to study, which was looking at, you know, how protein intake affects muscle mass. And what what and, years, what years, what time range is this here? This is like 2003 is when I was like doing okay. this. Okay, yeah. And then we interviewed with him in like early 2004. So I got accepted to the University of Illinois in the graduate school program. Went there, um, was still writing for bodybuilding.com, still competing in bodybuilding. And then around 2005, um, I was getting so many emails. I was probably getting like 15 to 20 emails a day from people who read my articles, had questions. I would answer them. Um, back, this is AOL, AOL Instant Messenger days, right? Like I was answering a bunch of people on there as well. Yep. And when I was in grad school, after about a year, I'm like, man, this is really taking up a lot of my time. I probably like need to get some sort of compensation work. Cause I was like doing full on diets back then for people just for free. You yeah. know, like, I just, I was like, oh, this is, I'll do it. You know, and I had people like win bodybuilding shows and stuff who I was just working with. So I took my first client for online nutrition back in 2005. And back then, you know, the, the challenge was convincing people I could do it online as opposed to being in person. Yep. Now that's not a challenge. Now the challenge is, you know, everybody on Instagram who has a six pack is a, is a coach, you know, <laughs> back then there was no competition, but the problem was nobody believed I could do it online. Yeah. So I don't want to say I was the first online coach because I'm pretty sure I wasn't, but I think I was probably the first one who kind of popularized it and people saw doing it like, you know, kind of um, at scale, you know? So yeah. now these, we've got these, you know, things happening all together, which is I'm, I'm, so I'm doing all this stuff. That's actually the right thing to do now. If you wanted right. to build a business, I just didn't know it was the right thing, which was I'm getting educated. I'm upskilling. Uh, I'm 
competing myself, I am by, I'm representing my product, right? Because people can see I'm in shape. Um, I'm coaching people, right? And getting like word of mouth out there. And I'm putting out content. And this is before content was content. You know, I'm putting out free articles. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I was an early adopter on Facebook, MySpace, Instagram, you know. Um, so without, you know, getting too far into the weeds, I finished my PhD, you know, in six years. I won a pro card in natural bodybuilding. I actually won a pro show in 2010, right after I um, finished my PhD. Um, and then I really started focusing in on my business and like building my client business and, uh, you know, putting out you know more and more content and building my following. And, you know, it's funny when people are like, man, you know, how'd you blow up? You know, cause people will see now, you know, I'm like 800,000 followers on Instagram, that sort of thing. And I'm like, I never blew up. Like that never happened. It was a very, people who've been watching, you guys know for a long time, like this was a very, steady progression you know yeah it was just like doing the things day after day and one thing i'll tell people is like listen i'm not the smartest i'm not the strongest i'm not the most muscular but i'll out volume the fuck out of anybody you know what i mean and so i just i've always been super super consistent with my content um i'm always putting stuff out there and i really think that's been one of the keys to my success is just sheer volume of getting it in front of people's eyeballs you know and I think so many people get, you know, they, they want to start, like I started this business having no idea what I was doing. I didn't even know what an LLC was, you right. know, when I started my business, I had no freaking idea. I didn't even need, I knew I needed to withhold taxes. You know, I had no idea about any of this stuff. And, um, you know, but I just started doing stuff. I just started walking the path and, you know, that, that coaching business got to the point where, I mean, I had probably a hundred clients at any one time. And, you know, it was charging, you know, close to a thousand dollars a month, um, you know, and, it, but it just got to the point where I was like working all the time, you know, which I liked my job, but it was like, you know, I couldn't really, like, I couldn't just take a vacation, you know, I couldn't just go do something. And like, I don't, I mean, I don't really take vacations that often because I, again, I like what I do. I don't feel like I need a, you know, a big break or anything like that. But I started thinking about, you know, how can I scale, right? Like, because when you're with working with clients, I mean, each client is the same amount, well, not always. Some clients are more right. than others. But for the most part, it's kind of the same amount of time client to client, you know? Like, you you know, you, you, you're going to get to wherever your cap is, be it 50 or 70 or 90 or 100 clients or whatever it is. And I mean, that's going to be it, you know? Um, and then also like, you know, filming videos and, you know, posting on Instagram and posting on Facebook and like doing what, like it just got to be, you know, kind of overwhelming. And so I started getting opportunities that were, were presented to me, like, you know, building an app, you know, building a, you know, doing a supplement company, um, you know, doing courses, all these sorts of things I took over the years and I helped build. And then like even bringing in a coaching team, which but to be honest, the coaching team was actually the most time intensive thing. You know, I, one of my favorite, and I, I've, I've, you know, I've, I'm really super happy with the team I've got now, but you don't realize, like, I think when you're a business owner, at least for me, I was so used to just going in and doing stuff, right? And what you realize is when you have a group of people, one of my favorite quotes from a friend of mine is, 
what I wanted was employees and what I got was people. You know, you hire you hire for a set of skills, but then what, what ends up happening is you're getting a person, you know, and you have to manage that person. You have to go find a way to lead them appropriately, to motivate them appropriately. Um, and, you know, I actually, somebody inquired the other day about like, hey, what, what do you look for in a coach? And I, I said, honestly, um, integrity, coachability, communication, and work ethic. Because I can teach you the rest of this shit. I, it's hard for me to teach you character, you know? Um, and so the coaching team now, we, you know, I have, uh, you know, my, my executive or my personal assistant that helps out a lot. I've got our COO, I've got our CFO, like we're a small group. It's, you know, and then I've got my video guy who does all the media and whatnot. And that group of us has enabled me to kind of not have to be so hands-on with managing everything and be able to step back. And now on a day-to-day basis, I mean, pretty much what I do is podcasts, um, make content, read research, and uh, post, you know, and that's, that's the majority of what I do. And I write and that sort of thing. But that's the stuff I enjoy doing. And that I've built all the things that I want to build business-wise. Um, in fact, the latest thing we just released was uh, what was co- what's called Physique Coaching Academy, which is a um, a program with Bill Campbell and myself, Professor Bill Campbell at USF, which is basically, you know, if you, there's not really anything specifically geared towards online coaches. Um, and if it is, you know, there's other certifications out there like Precision Nutrition, which, which is a good certification. Like I don't, I don't want to knock it at all. But a lot of these, you know, most online coaches, what are you coaching? You're coaching people how to build muscle and lose fat. You know, vitamin K metabolism, super interesting, not super relevant for most of us. You know what I mean? Um, and if, you've, if you're coming up against a, an issue of something like that, you really should be referring out to a specialist anyway. So Bill and I sat down in 2019. I was like, listen, Bill, I really think we could put together something that would be like the equivalent of a college degree for specifically for online coaches who want to coach people to build muscle, lose fat. And so that's what we laid out and basically became like eight months of coursework. Our textbook, I think is like 630 pages or something like that. Um, and it's just really giving people the tools for everything you need with nothing you don't but the stuff you need we go super in depth on and case studies and like even like we bring up like we have weekly calls where we like bring up research papers and we like do homework for our students all that kind of stuff so really it's not just like a course it's like a mentorship program and uh so like that was the latest thing i built and after i built that you know i've got that my supplement company i've got a nutritional coaching app my coaching team you know, I've got my subscription um, research review and then training programs, all that stuff. I've built all the stuff that I want to build. So now it's about continuing to make those products better, but also just producing content to support those products. And that's where I feel like now I've kind of hit that sweet spot. Where I'm just getting started in the phase of my career where I'm really able to hone in on the stuff that I'm really good at, which is basically talking. So... Um... <laughs> Yeah. So now everyone, what I want people to realize is we've got a lot of coaches listening to the show. Maybe they're one year in, two years in, 
10 years in, 15 years in, and they're at that point, they're trying to reach that next level. So you've got, you've got three guys on the podcast that all own various businesses and we've built these ecosystems and Lane, what I want to do is drill down and get granular on your progression. Okay. So now, now everyone understands what you've had. Let's talk about how you built and how you added each one. Uh, let's talk real quick prior to 2010. When did your online coaching peak? We're just talking about just clients across the board. Do you remember the year you made your first six figures? I remember you and I have talked about this oh, on yeah. old podcasts before when you hit your first six figures, when did just the coaching side peak for you? Do you remember the year? Yeah, sure. So I think my peak was probably 2013, 2014, at least okay. like numbers and revenue wise. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, so when people like ask me, like, how do I do what you did? I'm like, man, I don't know, go make, you know, a hundred thousand posts on a bunch of different bodybuilding forums over a 10 year period, answer about a quarter of a million emails for free over that same period. And, uh, you know, also be active on social media, do every podcast that ever invites you on. Like, yeah. like really, like, again, it's just, it was, for me, it was a sheer volume thing. And I never turned, I, like for a long time, I never turned down anything. Now I have the luxury of turning down stuff. But, and what's funny is people now will be like, if they'll see prices for me to come out and do a seminar or like I do, I'll take a couple clients a year. I've only got about a half dozen right now. I do like to keep my fingers in coaching because I think that's important. Yeah. Um, but they'll see my prices. I'm like, yeah, you're, paying Bugatti prices now. You should have got me when I was a Kia, you know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> that's what you should have done. Um, but yeah, like there was all that, you know, I, I didn't do it because there was some plan. I did it because I was passionate about it. Right. And it just kind of evolved into that. But, you know, first year coaching was 2005. I think I made 800 bucks in 2005 uh -huh. from coaching, right? Literally, I, I'd like get a client I think I charged like 10 bucks a week. I don't know. I don't even remember. It was something dumb. You know, I'd get a client. I'd be like, oh, cool. I can take my girlfriend to dinner now. You know, like it was something like that. It wasn't any, I wasn't thinking of anything. You broke college and kid. You were just living that life. Yeah. Yeah. Going to grad school. The next, the next year, 2006, I made, I want to say like, I'm just using gross numbers. Um, but I mean, I really had very few expenses. So I think I made like seven or eight thousand dollars, and then two thousand eight, I made forty thousand, and I was like, "Oh, that's weird." And I remember the first month, January of two thousand and sorry, two thousand seven, I made um, seven or eight thousand dollars. And the first, the January of two thousand eight, I made ten thousand dollars that month. And I remember thinking, "Huh, that's weird," you know. And then I made over six figures that year. And I was like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah. You know? And so by the time I you know, um, graduated in 2010, I was kind of like, I guess I don't have to get a real job. I guess I could just do this, you know? And, uh, but I also like, man, I went to so many bodybuilding shows where I didn't even have clients at it. I just went just so I could like be around people. You know, I, like I listen to people now, like I'll hear people like, oh, you know, Got invited to the Arnold, but you know, the boost's not gonna pay me. And I'm like, I'm like, I went because I just if I met one person who I could make a connection with, yep, that might help me in the future. I got and I think post-COVID that is so undervalued. Like there is something John, you, Jason, and I, we all met each other at shows and stuff. 
Like there is something different about shaking somebody's hand, looking yep. them in the eye and yep. talking to them in person. You know, 100%. I can't tell you how many times that has, and I, I'm not saying use people, right? Like a, a lot of these things have been mutually beneficial. You know, like you find people with similar values and you get an alignment and that sort of thing. I can't tell you how many times I meet somebody, have a conversation with them. We continue to stay in touch. And sometimes nothing came of it. And that was fine because it was still, you got a valued conversation out of it. But so many times it worked out where that person ended up being like a valuable person for me, you know? And I just really feel like, man, if so many people would get their ego out of the way of having to get paid for every single thing they do, like, okay, now when you're in the position I'm in now, not to sound like a braggart, but now I can choose to get paid for every single thing I do. Right. But there's time. still levels. I mean, if there's still levels, if Joe Rogan's like, hey, Lane, you want to be on my podcast? Yeah. I'm like, sure, I'll buy my plane ticket out there for tomorrow. You know, like, tell me when to jump and how high you want me to jump and I'll jump. But, you know, if like I'm getting invited out to speak at a seminar at a gym or something, it's like, OK, here's my fee. Right. Like I can I can choose what I want to do. But like I did so many seminars for free. I did so many articles for free. I did so many podcasts for free. I did so many video series for free, like the video series I did with bodybuilding.com, you know, um, but it all was super helpful. Like I, I never the video series was actually a big turning point. I'm sure you guys you guys may remember that the Inside Life of the Natural Pro was slated for six episodes, turned into 12, turned into 18, turned into eventually, I think, like 40. And I remember actually at the Olympia in 2009, that was one of my first, like, so there was the income side of things. And then at the Olympia in 2009, bodybuilding.com had sent me out to basically, like, live tweet the event and, like, cover it on the forums. So I was kind of, like, in real time posting on the, the forums of what was going on. And um, I had the best seat in the house. I was literally sitting right behind the head judge. And at the Meet the Olympians, I went to cover it just like I was going to like talk to some of the, the guys competing, just get some quotes and stuff like to add because I was trying to like take my job seriously and like add to like, oh, this person had this going on in the prep and this and that. Yeah. And uh, I'll never forget. I was walking around to Meet the Olympians and I kept getting stopped by people like, oh, you're Lane Norton. You're Lane Norton. And I mean, it's probably realistically, it's probably like 20 times, you know, which, which still was a big deal for me. And some of the people competing in the Olympia knew who I was. And I'm like, this is fucking weird, you know? And, um, but it never would have happened if I, I just said yes so much. Yep. I think earlier, here's a quote for you. Earlier in your career, no should be a four letter word. You should be saying yes to damn near everything. Yep. Later in your career, once you've built it, yes should be a four letter word. You should be saying no to most things. But uh yeah. You know, I want to I want to go back to something real quick before Lane moves on. It's something I always preach is is networking. Um, you know, I, I can't tell you how many times, you know, I was part of the physique education collective and we went around speaking. And you know, we get 50, 60, 70 people, but you know, I was always shocked. Honestly, we didn't even draw more because those people get to meet us and they get to meet other people in the venue. I have so many people now that are either on my team as a coach. I do business with them. Um, you know, I, I mentored them and, you know, there's so many things that I think people miss by getting out there and doing, and I always talk about building your network. It's one of the most important things and really in business, it, to be honest with you, uh, it doesn't mean you gotta be liked by everyone, but you should be able to shake everyone's hand and there'd be a bit of respect there. And, uh, so I, I kind of just wanted to reiterate that point before we moved on. I think it was an important one. 
I, I, I agree a hundred percent. And I want to talk about speaking events actually lane. I want to pivot to that with you. Um, Jason, it's the same thing. That's why we hold events every year, elite physique yeah. university, fat muscle Academy. I mean, we've got all this kind of, it's for that reason and to get everybody together. And lane, you were kind of one of the ones in our industry from a coaching standpoint that kind of started pioneering, not just the online coaching and teaching people, Hey, like you proved it could be done online. And then now you've got people like Jason and I, who kind of followed along a few years after you, they were able to kind of take that model, right. And, and other coaches, but from the speaking perspective, before there was the physique summit and all this stuff going on, you started to do VIP camps. And I remember those very specifically, and you were, you were early to stuff like that. I can't really think of anyone else that did it from an online coaching standpoint, when did you get the idea for that? When did those start? And then if you would talk about the popularity of that, because we've got a lot of people listening now, they have no idea how to even start something like that. Talk about the beginning stages of that. So I think where I started, where I really started thinking about it was I'm like, I'm really in a unique position. And actually I got a really great compliment um, from a friend of mine, Jeremy Linicky, who you guys, you said yeah. you just had on, I think. Um in 2015, when I uh, got a silver medal at IPF Worlds and set a world squat record, Jeremy texted me and he said, you know, I don't know of anybody who in three separate disciplines can literally talk to anybody they want to in those disciplines and is respected. So meaning like in powerlifting, I can pretty much like if I want to have a chat to somebody, I can have it, right? Right. Bodybuilding, same thing. And in academics, the same thing, like when it comes to exercise and nutrition. So like after I graduated, I realized like I do have all these contacts. Like, I have all these contacts, like, like, you know, a lot of really great bodybuilders that I know, uh, you know, a lot of great powerlifters, a lot of great PA, like researchers, you know, like I would love to marry these up where people are like meeting like these awesome like athletes, but also these great researchers and learn from both, you know? And that was my idea for the first VIP camp. And I held that in 2012 in Tampa. Yeah. And it's funny people now like, you know, ketogenic diets popular and blood flow restriction is popular. This was all stuff we talked about at the very first VIP camp. I told people like, and um, daily undulating periodization, you know, we had my source there. I was like, you know, if you wanted to be 10 years ahead, you would have come to one of those camps. Yep. And I think we had 16 people at the first camp and it was such, I cannot describe, I'm not understating it. Not only were the athletes and the, the professors that were there, awesome educators, they were great people. Mm -hmm. And there was so much benefit. Like, I can't tell you how we had, it was a two day event or a three day event. Everybody's just in the hotel lobby chatting till like late hours of the night, you know, and the environment was so electric. Um, it was like a high the entire weekend. Right? And I had professors. I'll never forget this. Several professors came up to me and said, hey, you don't have to pay me for this next year. Just promise me you'll invite me back. These are people who like, like, you know, they usually get paid for this stuff. Right. And then um, a guy over in Australia named Alex Busey saw this and messaged me and was like, hey, would you ever think about doing something like this in Australia? And I'm like, 
nobody's going to want to see me speak in Australia. I don't even know if people know who I am over there, you know? And uh, he was like, I, and this is so funny, like looking back, I was so worried I was going to go over there and nobody's going to show up that I made him promise that he would cover my plane ticket, right? <laughs> and this is 2013. This isn't even like, the, you know, my following back then is a fraction of what it is now. Right. And I got off the plane. I think my plane ticket was like $2,000. And my first stop was Brisbane, had a seminar in Brisbane. And I was like, I was like, oh, you know, how do we do? Like, do we have, how many people are coming? I'm thinking he's going to say like 10, you know, he's like, oh, I think it'll be like 80. And it was like 150 bucks a person. I'm like, what the fuck? You know, like <laughs> what? Yeah. And, um, you know, it was just incredible. And it was like that pretty much everywhere I went uh, in Australia. And like, looking back, it was like, man, talk about limiting beliefs. You know, like I was just like, oh, like I just I never thought I'd go to a place like Australia. I'm like, I just never thought like and like looking back, it's like, yeah, dumb, dumb. You could have just bought a ticket, gone over there, sold stuff and like just done it, you know. But like I, I didn't know that was possible for me. Um, So we I did camps like pretty regularly. Um, You know, I did a, seminars, camps everywhere. Like, God, you know, USA, obviously different spots in the USA, Canada um australia ireland uk denmark thailand um you know i could i'm sure i could find some others if i racked my brain for it um but i loved that stuff you know was, i loved traveling i loved meeting all these other people i loved educating you know i i really kind of see myself now as like that's my my wheelhouse as a science communicator like an educator for the masses you know um and so, yeah, it was just a great experience. I got to meet so many amazing people. And I think one thing you guys, I was, was going to bring this up. You guys will appreciate. I got, when I left Australia, I left with 40 new Australian clients. Oh, wow. Because once they saw me speak, once they saw me speak and interact with me on a personal level, they didn't want anybody else to coach them. You yep. know what I mean? And like, yep. so that's another thing. If you're not putting yourself out there, you're not going to and just going to shows like, and I was never even pushing myself, like pushing my sales hard. But if I had a couple, you know, people on a show or even if I didn't have anybody show if the show was like within driving distance, I went because I'm like, I'll talk to somebody. I'll meet somebody. Yep. I'll make a connection, whatever. I never went. I don't think I ever went to a bodybuilding show and didn't walk out with at least one new client, you mm -hmm. know? And I just think so many people don't really value like that in-person, you know, that, that experience. Especially, like you said, especially this time of year, um, it's super important. What I want to do is I want to, I want to go into a little bit more of you during this time frame. I'll just kind of paint it as a 2010 to 2015, 16 era, uh, when your coaching is peaked, what drove you during that time? Because you're, now you're seeing, you know, people like me and I, I hate to throw my name in there, but I have to, right? Because at this point you've got like me, Cliff Wilson, uh, Pete Fitchin, you got Jason, you've got yourself and you're, we're starting to see this, this ground swelling. And not only do, do we see the oversaturation of coaching, but now you see people starting to do it at a very high level and we're all putting really good competitors on stage and getting good results. What drove you to push past that because as it's starting to oversaturate you kind of start to separate yourself and do other things so 
were you competitive? Did you see those of us doing well? You're like, I'm going to fucking work harder than you. Cause that's me. Like, I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to fucking triple down. Or were you competitive with yourself? What drove you to kind of get past what was happening at the time and to start to grow even more outside of being a coach? You know, I think I loved coaching, but I think I felt like, man, I, I really feel like my calling is to help people on a mass scale. And I just knew with coaching, I'd always be limited by my time. Yep. And so, you know, it's funny when I, when I set out for this and, and people like, you know, people may make fun of me for using this word, but my goal was never to be famous, you know? Um, and like, obviously like, you know, for the most part, if I walk down the street, nobody knows who I am. But like, if I go to any kind of fitness event, you know, I'm, I'm going to be pretty popular. Right. Um, so the goal was never to do that. But then as like things wore on, I realized like, oh, this personal brand is actually quite helpful because the more people I can get eyeballs on, eyeballs from, the more people I can help. And then obviously like, you know, I'm not going to pretend like I don't like making a good income. Yeah, monetize like it. Good income. <laughs> and uh and so that helps with you know kind of those people becoming aware of the different business ventures i have i have that provide solutions for a lot of the problems they have so i think it was one of those things where you know it was like me solving my own problem of how do i leverage my time better because i've only got so much time and then really started thinking about that when i had you know kids like when i had my son um in 2013 you know, it's like, man, this coaching thing, if I want to progress my income, there's only, there's only a couple ways to do it. I can charge more, which I did for a long time. And I, like, I got, I realized like I'm getting to the point where it's like, man, I'm only going to be working with pretty much like rich people <laughs> at some point, you know, and, um, or my quality of service is going to diminish because I'm going to just be like trying to spend less time per client. Right. And I didn't like that idea. And to be quite frank, like there was a time like near the end of when I, you know, obviously I, I kept coaching for all the way into 2016, 2017. I still coach today, but like really started winding my coaching down around like 2019, I would say. And, um, you know, I think it was just one of those things where I was like, okay, how do I solve this problem? of trying to improve my reach, help more people, continue to progress my income without, you know, diminishing my quality of service. And kind of the, the answer to that was, you know, one-on-one -on -one coaching isn't going to be the solution for me, right? Um, but I still do it because, like I said, I think it's important to have my hands in that, remember what it's like to, like, work with clients and deal with client struggles and all that kind of stuff. And I've still got, I've got gym pop, I've got competitors, I, you know, I've still got a little bit of each. And um, I do feel like that's been really helpful because again, the most I ever learned was by coaching others. Well, let, let's so really just about finding solutions for myself and, and figuring out how to take that limiter off the gas pump. Let's uh, let's talk about building your team because as you start to, open up all these different avenues to be able to monetize. Honestly, the eyeballs, it, 
you know, the message for our listeners so far, and Jason and I have talked about this before, is building your own ecosystem. Now you've spent, you know, from 2001 until, you know, we're talking like 2016 to 2019, almost 20 years of answering DMs, answering emails, talking to people in person, working with hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, probably at that point, thousands of clients. You've done all this stuff over time. So I saw this when I started the supplement company, I had 15 years in all of a sudden, when I go launch something, I've got a shit ton of people that I just helped for 15 years that are now loyal and they're ready to support the things that you have. And, and that's, I know that's what happened to you, whether it was speaking or, or whatnot, coming to the events, how important was it to you to then start to build a team to help you manage all these different things that you started to, to get your hands in, which we'll get to here in just a little bit. But talk about first building your team and then kind of what that's progressed into now. Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously, like we have our team of coaches, but I think which has been super helpful because, um, you know, I I have people now that I trust to, you know, properly convey evidence-based methodologies for you know, building muscle, losing fat. And then with our, you know, kind of the, the bio lane way we call it, like code of ethos. Um, but like really, you know, I, I'm not a business person. Like I, I've I've had successful entrepreneurial ventures, but that doesn't mean I, I'm a, a successful business per, um, a business person, right? Any more than just because you got a six pack doesn't mean you make a good coach, right? Right. So I realized pretty early, not pretty early probably later than I should have, but I can't do this all myself. But, it, you know, the hardest thing I think for entrepreneurs like me is to release that grip um, on their business and find people they trust. I mean, all I can tell you is if you find people you trust, who you know are reliable, my God, pay them what they're worth. You know yep. what I mean? Like, don't, don't skip on it. I, I remember um, my ex and I were, dis- were discussing a hire of somebody uh, who is now my COO. And originally she came on as a personal assistant and like we knew we wanted her, you know, she wanted a little bit more than what was, was at than what we were offering in terms of salary. And her idea was, well, let's, let's put her like, um, let's start her out on the, the, what we offered. And then we'll like, we'll walk her up over a few months if she does well. And I started doing the math and I'm like, this is like 300 bucks that we're talking about. Right. I'm like, if we want to, let's just pay her. You yeah. know what I mean? Never let's miss it. Because we, we, we felt strongly that this was the right person. And, uh, you know, ended up being a, a great hire. Um, still with me to this day. So, you know, it's like, um, you know, and then like my video guy, he's been with me for, I think, almost three years now. Um, he's phenomenal. Like, you know, my reels and stuff, he edits all that. He makes it funny. He makes it engaging. Like he's, you know, he's worth his weight in gold. Um, my, my personal assistant, Caroline, uh, she's incredible. Just like the most organized person. I joke that she's my boss because she's texting me every day. Don't forget you've got this. Don't forget you've got that. It's so <laughs> funny when I do Instagram, like Q and A's and I say like, make an assumption about me. I'll tell you if you're right. So many people will say, oh, you're a type A perfectionist. I'm like, I am anything but I am an ideas guy. I'm an ideas guy. I am yeah. not a spreadsheets guy. I am not uh, a boxes compartmentalization guy. I'm an ideas guy. So what's nice is I now have most of my core team are people who are very much that personality, super organized, and they 
allow me to be the free flowing ideas person coming yeah. up with this stuff and keeping me. And they're the ones, the bumpers, you know, if it's a bowling alley, they're the bumpers keeping me from going in the gutter, you know? Yep. Um, and like I said, that's been super helpful. So I think the biggest thing is like when you're building a team, you just got to be patient. And I will say, don't, unless you are, if it's not a hell yes, it's a hell no when it comes to hires, like feel very strongly about the person you're hiring. Um, just from a values perspective, um, from what they bring to the table, you know, it, it's a bad hire. It's not just the money you spent. It's the time invested. It's the time that you could have been, you know, hiring a good employee. Like that is so crucial. So really like do your due diligence with hiring. Don't just hire your cousin. Don't just hire your, you know, the person who lives next door, like do your, do your due diligence because it, it will pay major dividends down the road. I want to, uh, I want to wrap this up here with a couple other topics. They'll take a little bit. And of course, Jason, if you've got anything to add or anything that you want to ask Lane, just pop in whenever. Um, Lane, this, this, this isn't on the show notes, but let's talk about some of, some of your career highs or just some of the, maybe they're just some of the funnest things that you've done. Maybe it was Rogan, maybe it was Huberman or whatever it was. Talk about just a couple things that you've got to experience now that you've gotten to this level. Cause I want our listeners to understand they see the history, they see the hard work, they see it's decades and being patient and just grinding, grinding, grinding. And, you know, we're seeing some pretty cool things happen for you. I love seeing it. I'm a competitive person, but I, I love it for you because we're friends. We've known each other for a while. So the higher you get to go and the more things that you get to do, I'm like, dude, this is awesome. Like, look what he's doing. Like, that's going to happen for people. Talk about some of those highs, some of those things you're like, you know what, man, this feels good. Like I've, I've gotten to the point. So what, what are some of those things? I've got some, I like, I'll, I'll walk you through it. Right. So obviously my first bodybuilding show I ever did and I won, that was a huge thing for me. Yep. Um, the pro show I won in 2010, that was massive. Kansas city. You beat Joe Wilson, a yeah. uh, client. Yeah. He's, he's a client of mine. Good friend show promoter. Joe had, but... actually, Joe had actually won the overall of an NPC show like a few weeks before that. Yep. The um, Arkansas state. That, that was, that was a very cool uh, experience. You know, that like, you know, a lot of people, I don't, like, I don't think I have bad genetics, but I certainly don't have the best. I, I really do feel like, you know, one thing that I would say people would take away from me and bodybuilding was I, I feel like I did a lot with what I had. Um, obviously, graduating my PhD was a huge thing for me. Um, getting that video series on bodybuilding.com, that felt huge because at the time, nobody really cared about natural bodybuilding. Right. No you way. Know, like that was the that was the first time natural bodybuilding kind of got something of its own. You yeah. Know? Um, and then like, you know, in powerlifting, setting a world record and, you know, the IPF at worlds, I mean, I don't, you know, the IPF is basically the IFBB of the powerlifting world, just because right. it's IOC, you know, water drug tested. Um, but like hitting that, I remember being backstage at worlds warming up. There's 21 guys in my in my class, and I realize every single one of these guys is a national champion in their country. And I'm like, oh fuck, this is real. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so good. I think I was ranked. I think I was nominated like seventh. You know, meaning that, that I was projected to finish seventh, and I finished second. 
Uh, it was the first meet I ever went nine for nine at. It was perfect. And uh, so the world squat record, it was like, like I literally could not have done better. Like that was the best I could have done. Um, and so I was, you know, that was, that was probably as an athlete, one of the highest highs, uh, obviously worlds last year where I won masters, um, that was a pretty big high. And then nationals again this past year too, because that was fun because that was the first time, like in my previous nationals, uh, my final deadlift, I was waiting for somebody to pull after me to see if they would hit. And when they, they missed both times, that meant I had won. This one, it was like, we knew what we needed to load to win. And so it was like going out, you know, in Scottsdale, this, you know, a few months ago, loading up the final deadlift, going out, hitting it, winning it right there. I mean, that's, that's hard to beat. But, um, you know, in, in terms of like, like business wise and, and you know, notoriety, so obviously Rogan was a, a very big thing. Uh, the Huberman podcast was was a really big thing. Um, you know, I think getting to announce the Olympias, you know, I got to be the the, the color guy on the, for the podcast. I remember that. Podcast. You were with Larry, yeah. uh, uh, what's his last Larry name? Peppy. Yes. Peppy I remember Peppy. seeing that. I was like, holy shit, this is a big deal. This is a big deal. Yeah, I mean, I, I got to... I'm sitting there with Ronnie Coleman and Luke Frigno and we're all trading bodybuilding stories. You know, I'm like, this is dumb. Like, this is so <laughs> stupid, you know? Um, yeah. So like, and then like this past year, I've gotten filmed for three different nutrition documentaries that are going to be on, you know, Netflix or Amazon prime or something like that. Um, and have, have a lot of stuff cooking in the mix that could be some pretty big highlights. So, you know, those things really stand out to me. Um, yeah, I, I do say, like, I think, I think when you look back on your life, and I, I, I very much think about this a lot. When you look back on your life, all you're going to have is a series of moments. You know what I mean? And I was talking to this about uh, somebody about uh, Worlds in 2015. And somebody say, oh, this, this new organization, powerful organization, was paying out like a bunch of prize money. Like, well, the IPF doesn't pay prize money. And I was talking to another competitor. I'm like, I don't give a fuck. Like, do you know how much you would have to pay me to take that experience from me? Like that's literally like a top, maybe the top, if not yeah. top three experience in my, my professional life. And certainly number one in my athletic career, I, I'm sorry. You like, I can make money like you, multiple millions of dollars. I can't buy back that experience. You know what I mean? Like I can't buy back that experience. It's like when somebody wins the Olympia, I'm sure the check is nice. You know what I mean? But Fuck the check. You won the right. Olympia. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, um, so I think I have been so fucking blessed to have, you know, probably like a dozen moments in my life that were fucking epic that, yeah. you know, most people would like die to just have like one of those things that I've had that. And so, you know, I just think it's been such a fucking cool ride. And, you know, hopefully I'm, Hopefully I've got like another half left and, you know, can get a few more of those before I, before I rest for the, for eternity, you know? Very yeah. cool. And, and, you know, something else I want to get into, this is a, this is a question that I asked uh, Dr. Joe, we had him on five or six episodes ago. Um, and I asked this of him because he's my first bodybuilding coach. My yes. Only bodybuilding coach actually. Yeah. I asked this of him and a lot of people, 
this is a tough question for people to understand and take the way I'm trying to ask it. So I'm going to try to, I think you're going to get this the way I'm trying to ask it. There's that phrase lonely at the top and people hate that. And for a good reason, because when people say, you know, it's lonely at the top, successful people, people think, oh, you're holding yourself on a pedestal above everyone else. So when I ask this question, it's not with that in mind. Lonely at the top for people that are entrepreneurs and you've reached a certain level, there's not a lot of other people like you that you have around you. So that to me is the lonely at the top. Who do you go to when you have people that you want to talk to about new ideas, new businesses, you just want to run things past, you need to get motivation or advice from the more successful you are, the less people you have like that. That's why it's lonely. Where are those places you go? Who are those people? What what do you go do? Because there's a lot of us that kind of struggle with that. We just don't have a lot of it around. I think the other thing too is like, you know, yeah, I think the other thing too is like when, you, when you've reached a certain level of, you know, quote unquote fame, you always got to be careful of like, hey, who's around you because they actually give a shit and who's around you because they're just looking to ride coattails. I mean, I've had people who were very, very close to me who have ended up they didn't really care that much about me. They just cared about what I could do for them, you know? Right. Uh, people I consider, you know, family. And so, um, you know, I think for me, it was like, all right, who doesn't need something from me? You know, like, doesn't mean there's not mutual, like mutually beneficial relationship. Doesn't mean I'm not in business with them. But who can do it on their own, right? And so, like there's a few people in my life who, you know, I know for a fact that they don't really need anything from me. Like obviously my inner circle, you know, of, of my crew that I work with day in, day out, like I feel very confident they've been with me for years. Um, and then like some of my close friends, I, I've got uh, my best friend, Mike is incredibly successful dude retired at age 49. Um, now he actually does do, now he actually is involved uh working with one of my companies. Um, but you know, like he didn't, he didn't need the money or anything like that. And, um, he had a lot of offers to go do other stuff, but I think people like that, who, you know, have your back, you know, they don't, they don't need the money and they don't need you to promote them. They're not asking for, you know, to get them famous, that sort of thing. That's kind of what I look for. And I think, you know, like I've kind of on the, you know, went through my second divorce. And, uh, you know, one of the things like when I was coming out of it was like, oh man, dating's going to be weird this time. You know, like, <laughs> it's like, like, I, it's like super scary, you know, it's a super like daunting thing, you know? Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, like, it's just about having a good group of people around you that have your back. Uh, that you trust and you know, like they've proven it over time. Um, and I think one of the things I've had to do is like, all right, trust, but verify, you know, yeah. like, you know, it's okay to, to want to do nice things for people. That's all okay. But do not let people get in a position where they can hurt you unless they have proven themselves to be very loyal over time. And I think that's, at least for me, when I think about lonely at the top, that's, I think that's what I kind of mean. Do you have a like do you if, have a mentor? If I go out like and I meet somebody, are they really gonna like me for me, or is it just like, oh, this is like well, I hang out with him? Do you have a do you have a mentor? Do you have someone that you go to that 
you talk to about business or you talk about your next venture? Is there anything like that? Is, is there any anyone like that for you? Yeah, I mean, like I said, like uh, my 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 really good friend Mike. Um, okay. He's yeah. Successful in business. Um, I did hire some business consultants for a while, and like uh, they were they were on for a year, and I still chat to a couple of them from time to time as well. Um, and then, yeah, there's just a couple of close people in my life that are really really smart people who again have proven themselves to be loyal, and they don't need anything from me. And, uh, but I think like the longer I get into this, the more I'm realizing that my problem was actually not so much not getting enough advice. It was getting too much advice. Yeah. Like I would almost want too much, too much validation for my decisions. And I've actually found when I look back, not always, but most times when I made mistakes, it was because I did not listen to my gut and I went against it either based off of expectations of other people or you know, guilt or, you know, whatever. And, and uh, my friend, another uh, good person in my circle is uh, John Deloney, who's, um, you know, I don't know if you guys are familiar with him, but he's a, a mental health professional with, um, he's involved with the Ramsey Network. And uh, John's just one of the most phenomenal humans I've ever met. And very, very smart. And, um, you know, it's just having those kind of people in your life, like you just really can't, like it's invaluable, you know? Yeah. And, he, you know, he, he kind of said like, you know, if you've got to go to more than like two people for advice, now you're kind of just wanting validation for your decisions rather than just like making the decision. The other thing he said was choose guilt over resentment. And I'll always remember that, which is, Sometimes you got to put down, you know, I know this term is like super popular right now, but sometimes you got to put down boundaries and you may feel guilty, but that's better than feeling resentful towards somebody because you didn't and they took advantage of you. I get it. hundred percent. We're going to, we're, we're going to wrap this up here. Um, anything coming up that you want to allude to? Like, here's the thing. How many times do people ask you if you're ever going to step on stage again? I mean, it's only been 13, <laughs> 13 years, right? Like, are we going to see, Hey, by the way, uh, I prepped. I think we were cutting out there. Are you guys still there? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry guys. So sorry for our listeners. We cut out. I was just going to say Lane, if you want, I can throw a little, a little, uh, motivation at you. So I prepped Joe Wilson back in 2019 uh-huh. And he won IPE, which was the IFPA, same at the time, uh, right. world championships and another pro show. So maybe well, you guys can do the old guy category and maybe do uh, <laughs> master's worlds or something to come back. But no, in all seriousness, so people want to know you have anything coming up, bodybuilding, powerlifting, any new business ventures you want to talk about? We've got a couple minutes here to, to wrap this up. Yeah. They kind of talked about PCA, which is my new, uh, my new business venture, um, you know, have thought about, you know, I've done some books, but I thought about like actually trying to do it big and go through a publisher and do a, you know, a very mainstream, go through like the New York Times sort yeah. of thing. Um, that's been things that are discussed, nothing in the pipeline just yet. Um, but I'm really, I'm really actually very, I'm like right now, I, I've built all the stuff I want to build business wise. And now it's about refining those and making those better. Because I really do feel like all those things, the sky's the limit, especially like our nutrition coaching app, Carbon. Yeah. You know, that's, you know, we've got tens of thousands of users on there. It's, it's, um, it has great reviews in the app store. 
So I'm just working on like, I don't want to spread myself too thin. I want to make sure I, you know, really have focused on these and nailed down these that are the right people in place. And then look at like going to the next level. Athletically, I'm, I'm still, you know, I love bodybuilding, but God, I love powerlifting. Um, that's, that's probably going to be what I do for the foreseeable future. I think my shelf life there is probably shorter than it is in bodybuilding. You know, um, yeah. you can still do, I mean, Marshall Johnson proved that yeah. you can be damn competitive into your fifties, you know? Yeah. So I'm not going to say I'm retired from bodybuilding. I have no plans to back right now. Um, you know, especially, I don't think that would happen, you know, till my kids are older. My, my daughter's six, my son's 10, my son's special needs. So, you know, I don't, you know, that's just, I just know what it's like. And I would never want to be like, oh, sorry, honey, daddy can't play. He's too tired. You know what I mean? Yeah. That sort of stuff. So I think once they get older and they, they want to be around me less, you know, like teenage years, then I might consider it again. But I think till then I'm, I'm probably on sabbatical. Man, this has I been a, I, uh, I go ahead. That. I was just going to say, I understand that one. I mean, it's, it's tough to have kids and then have three or four businesses and try to compete and, you know, do everything right. You know, you can't give an A plus to everything. You know, you just, you just can't. Uh, that's why most of these pro bodybuilders who did well competitively, they start their businesses afterwards. They don't. Right. Do yep, they don't. Nope. Well, Lane, thanks for coming on, man. This has been a blast. It's been a fun look back over the last 22 years or so. Um, what a walk down memory lane, huh? It's hard to believe it's been two decades. Fuck no me. Shit. <laughs> it's, uh, it's interesting to see, though, because the more successful people we can have on the show, the more people can see just how long this really takes and they can see the evolution of it because we see so many people just kind of burn out and flame out after a couple of years because they, they quote unquote can't make it. Yet here we've got living proof of people that do this and never quit. And that's kind of something that you've talked about, never quit and outwork everyone. I mean, hell, you turned your, your supplement company is called out work for a reason, right? So like, it, it's cool to kind of see your evolution and we really appreciate you coming on the show. I will have all your information in the show notes for people that want to check out the supplement company. They want to see everything we've talked about. I'll make sure to link that, man. Is there anything that you want to say before we head out? I'll leave you with one thing and I'll, I'll, I'll just, the power of consistency and time. Yes. Okay. So let me, let me give you an example. I'll do this. I do this in every seminar. If I, John, if I was like, John, I want you to go become the best three-point shooter you can possibly be. And, but you can't give me coaching, nothing. Okay. No special help, nothing. But all you did for two hours every day for 10 years was go out and shoot three-pointers. You know, you're not going to wind up in the NBA, but I bet you'd be damn good at shooting three-pointers. Really good. Yeah. And that speaks to the power of consistency and time. And, you know, in bodybuilding, we call that time under tension. Yeah. You got to do it. You got, there's no, yeah, there's some people who blow up in the short term and all that kind of stuff, but they usually disappear just as quick. There's a reason I've been here for 20 years and ain't going nowhere. You know what I mean? So the power of consistency, there's few people who can master it. Yep. I agree Agreed. with that. I always preach that as well. Yep. Agree 100%. I tell my clients, I'd rather, I tell my clients, I'd rather have you 90%, 100% of the time. Then yep. 100%, 50% of the time. Yep. It's a great way to leave this episode off. We uh, appreciate you coming on from Lane, Jason, and myself. We're out of here. See you guys. See you guys.